I want us to go into our reading. I'd like to ask us to turn into the book of Matthew. Matthew 21. And we will read from verse 1 to 17. The triumphal entry. Let us celebrate as we read the word of God together this morning. Matthew 21 from verse 1 to 17. And the word of God says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. And tie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, and fall of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloak on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches of the tree and spread them on the road. The crowd that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city stared and asked, Who is this? The crowd answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus entered the, te entered the temple area and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the, of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he's saying to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to the temple, and he healed them. When he, but when the chief priests and the teachers of the Lord saw the wonderful things he did, and the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, Jesus replied. Have you never read from the lips of, of children and infants, you have ordained praise? And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany, where he spent the night. And that's the word of God. Praise be to God. Allow me to invite uh, the servant of God, Reverend Manzi, to come as he brings the word of God to us today. And I want us to pray that the Lord will minister to us. Our God and our Father, thank you for this opportunity to hear you speak to us. We want to thank you, Lord, and pray for our hearts that, Lord, may you find your way and may you minister to each and every one of us and even those who are watching us from home. We want to thank you for your servant, Reverend Majid. Continue to minister powerfully through him as he brings us the message of hope. Even on this Sunday, when we are celebrating him, who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 
Let's appreciate our Reverend Irene as we say Hosanna, 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 Hosanna in the highest. Let our King be lifted up. It's always good to use this uh, platform and just to see that uh, many of us are following us and that many of us are watching and many of us are worshiping the Lord with us. And we are just glad that even within the difficult circumstances, we are able to worship the Lord, but many are able to log in and we are able to connect. And we say that, yes, indeed, the name of the Lord be glorified. Again, coronavirus, as I said last week, please, let's just keep matters of personal hygiene. Wash your hands as many times as possible. When you are outside of the house and you are not able to get water, make use of the sanitizers. Uh, yesterday, our government also said that as you go into those public places, be it in the, in the, in the, in the public matatu transport, be it in the shopping centers, be it in the supermarkets, please begin to wear the mask. It is very possible to overcome the corona disease. And uh, it has made us do things differently, but I believe that, yes, we can overcome. I want to tell you that I, I maintained the social distancing. Pastor Koti and uh, Pastor Kasimu is, uh, is laughing, uh, Pastor Irene is laughing. I maintained the social distancing. Now, very briefly, let's look at what the Lord has in store for us. Another old-fashioned lady, always quite delicate and also very elegant, especially in her language and in her mannerism, was planning a week's holiday with her husband. So she rode to a particular camping ground and asked for a reservation. She wanted to make sure that the camping ground, allow me just to move this on the side, she wanted to make sure that the camping ground was fully equipped but did not know quite how to ask about the toilet facilities. She still thought she was going to be, to, to, she didn't know how to bring herself out. So she just couldn't bring herself to write the word toilet on the letter. And as she did show, after quite uh, a thought, she thought of the old word, bathroom closet. But still, she was not able to write bathroom closet. So what she did is that she abbreviated the word and used the word B-C. And so she wrote it down. And she said, what about your B-C? Now, those of us from Nairobi Baptist Church, that comes with a different connotation. But she wrote the letter. And the camping site... The owner wasn't uh, a bit old-fashioned, so he couldn't just figure out what the old lady was talking about. So she showed the letter to everyone that was around him to try to figure out what is this BC. And then they came up and just thought, BC, this lady must be meaning Baptist church. And so after that, she wrote back, the owner of the, of the camping site wrote back, Dear Madam, I regret very much the delay in answering your letter. But now, take the pleasure of informing you that a BC is located about 14 kilometers 
from the sight. He continued, and is actually north of our camping ground, and is capable of seating about 250 people at one time. <laughs> uh, Pastor Cote, you are laughing. At one time. I admit that it is quite a distance away if you are in the habit of going regularly. But no doubt you will be pleased to know that a great number of campers go there and, make, and, and many take their lunches along and make it a day out. They, <laughs> they usually arrive nice and early and stay quite late. The last time my wife and I went was six years ago, and it was crowded. We had to stand up the whole time. Pastor Cody, please, please, please follow me. The whole time that you are there. It may interest you to know that there is a special supper planned there to raise money to buy more seats so that everyone will be able to sit in comfort. I would like you to say to you, that it pains me very much not to be able to go more regularly, but it is surely no lack of desire on my part, just that I am so busy most of the time. As we grow older, it seems to be more of an effort to go, especially in the cold weather. If you decide to come down to our camping ground, perhaps I could go with you the first time you go, sit with you, and introduce you to all the other folks. But I want you to know, and I want you to remember this, that people in our community here are very friendly. Remember the lady who was talking of the bathroom closet? They tried to figure out what the bathroom closet in the name of BC was. They say it was a Baptist church. Wonderful people as you are watching me from home. There is so much about our lives which, if we are not careful, can end up in misunderstanding. We have communication problems within our families sometimes. Sometimes in our places of work. Even right now as the church goes and the world goes through the coronavirus pandemic, there is miscommunication. The nature and purpose of Jesus' life was no less wrought with misunderstanding. The triumphal entry of Christ seems to clarify, to clearly demonstrate what the entire point of Christ's life. But even in this seemingly clear pronouncement of who Jesus Christ was, there was still a misunderstanding. Today we want to look at Jesus entering Jerusalem. And I pray that as we go through this sermon today, we will make one or two things clear. To get a better understanding of the event, our sermon title today is Hosanna, 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 let our king be lifted up. Incidentally, we have read from Matthew chapter 21, but the similar text in the Gospels, you can get it from Mark chapter 10, verse chapter 11, Luke chapter 19, and also John chapter 12. Today, therefore, marks the beginning of what has been known in Christian history as the Holy Week or sometimes the Passion Week. A week just before Jesus Christ was crucified. The meaning of Palm Sunday basically is that it commemorates the triumphal entry 
of Jesus into Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. Passover was a feast that the, that the Jewish in the Old Testament, they were reminded and they were to celebrate it, to remember having been delivered from captivity from Egypt. The Gospels record the arrival of Jesus riding into the city on a donkey while the crowds they spread their cloaks and palm branches on the street as they shouted, Hosanna to the son of David, and blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord to honor him as their long-awaited Messiah and King. This Palm Sunday, I pray that it will be different as we celebrate not just this week, but also the, 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 the Easter season. My prayer is this, that it will not just be like any other tradition, but that the Lord will do that which he sent his one and only son on the earth to do, and that is to rescue man. Three points that we are going to look at today. Number one is the arrival of the king between verse 1 and verse 11. Number two, the authority of the king, verse 12 to verse 14. And number three, the acclamation of the king, verse 15 to verse 16. And so those of you that are watching at us, uh, at home, please kindly, as we do it here, just repeat it after me. And I, uh, those that have seen that are online, as you are seated nicely there with your family and with your children, kindly just repeat this after me. Number one is arrival of the king. Number two is the authority of the king. And number three is the acclamation of the king. Thank you for following us and thank you for just saying that with us uh, very enthusiastically. Talking about the arrival of the king, the authority of the king, and the acclamation uh, of the king. Let's begin with the arrival of the king. Verse 1 to verse 11. The Bible says that they approached the Jerusalem. I also just need to mention that Jesus, most of his ministry before this time, was actually outside of Jerusalem. And so this is the first time that you see Jesus getting into Jerusalem. Jesus sends his two disciples to get a donkey. And a young one of the donkey also called a colt in verse 2 and verse 3. One of the things we need to realize is that this was prophesied. And actually Matthew quotes where the prophecy took place, which is Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9. And I need to mention that this prophecy happened nearly 500 years before Jesus Christ came. Now, a quick lesson that you learn there is that God always knows things before they happen. God always has a plan for us. God always has a plan for you even as you are watching at home. Even that which is happening in the world today does not take God by surprise. And so you see that this was prophesied way before Jesus Christ came. But I see that he also sent the disciples and he sent the two of them. I see an act of obedience on the side of the disciples. They were just told, go to the nearby village. But they took time to honor and to obey Jesus. So obedience is key to that which God is doing. And so the disciples obeyed. 
crowds gathered after they came back and they went ahead of him. Some of them went ahead of him as they spread, as they spread the palms. Some of them their clothes as they shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna. The whole city, we are told, was stirred and asked in verse 10, who is this? And they said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in verse 11. And so we see also here, as I mentioned earlier, that this arrival coincided with the Passover feast. And a Passover feast basically reminds us and reminds the children of Israel that God delivered you from captivity. And it was rightfully so, so that it could remind them that this king that is coming now is going to deliver you from captivity. And therefore, this arrival, I see that it was a triumphal arrival. What was because he entered as a king. He, a, a, a triumphal basically just means winning. Triumphal means victorious. Triumphal means conquer. Triumphal means unbeaten, undefeated. So Jesus Christ enters as the one that has won. Donkey here is as opposed to a horse because the kings of those days, they were riding on horses. This tells of the humility of Jesus Christ. Donkey was also a symbol of peace. Laying on the palm uh, was basically the arrival in victory and of triumph. So Jesus Christ comes. And he gets in victorious, almost assuring the children of Israel that as I come as the Messiah that was promised to you, I am entering with victory. I am entering as someone who has overcome, especially as you link this to the time of the Passover. The significance of Jesus riding a donkey and having his way paved with palm branches is a fulfillment of a prophecy spoken by the prophet Zechariah. In biblical times, the regional custom called for kings and nobles arriving in procession to ride on the back of a donkey. The donkey was a symbol of peace. Those who rode upon them proclaimed peaceful intentions. Laying of palm branches indicated that the king of the dignitary was arriving in victory or in triumph. One of those things that I see here is the humility. That yes, this king was also humble. So humble that he could come to where people are. Basically understanding what people are going through. Basically understanding what the feeling of the people are. And I want to assure you as you are watching from home. I want to assure the world. I want to assure the church. I want to assure the country. That Jesus and God is not taken by surprise. Because Jesus came in your place. Jesus came in my place. He walked where I am walking. He understands exactly what we are going through. He understands exactly what the world is going through. At the same time, he came in triumphal entry. May Jesus who entered Jerusalem triumphantly come in place for us. Come in place for the world. Come in place for the church. Come in place for each and every one of us. And at the end of the day, be able to give us the victory. Number two, the authority 
of the king. Verse 12 to 14. After that, walking on the streets of Jerusalem, the first place that Jesus goes into is the temple. And the Bible says, allow me to read, that Jesus entered the temple court and drove out all who were buying and selling there. In other words, what you see there is that the purposes of the church were diluted. The church had been made to be a marketplace. And Jesus was not pleased with that. And so he goes into this place where there was a buying and selling. And with power and with authority, he overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those that were selling doves. Verse 13 says, it is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of, ro of robbers. Verse 14 says that even the blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. Now, this second point talks about the authority of the king. When you talk about the authority, several words come into mind. The first one is someone who is in charge. The second one is someone who, uh, who has a command. Someone who has dominion. Someone who is in control. Someone who is sovereign. Someone who is all-powerful. And someone who is almighty. And so he's almighty over his house, which is the church. And that is why no one else could dare but him alone would go and overthrow and overturn the things that were happening in church that were not supposed to be happening in church. How I pray that this Easter season, the church will wake up and the church will take the rightful position and to do the only thing that God allowed and ordained the church to do. That the church will remain the voice of reason. That the church will remain that wisdom that comes upon the society, that the church will remain the source of the earth, that the church will remain a place of comfort even when we are going through this pandemic. And so he has the authority over his house, over everything that belongs to him. And the entire world belongs to him. The world belongs to God. We belong to Jesus. So even us, he has authority over us. The church belongs to him. And sometimes, as I have said, we make the church to belong to mere men. And how I pray that this Easter season, we will say the church belongs to the Lord and to only do that which Jesus Christ ordained the church to do. He has the authority over everything. Paul writing to the Colossians says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For Him, in Him, all things were created, Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Therefore, the entire world belongs to God, and he has the authority over the world because he's the one who created the world. He has the authority over disease. You can look at verse 14 there. That blind and the lame came to him at the temple and they were healed. How I pray that this week of Easter week, that the Lord will do a miracle to the world as we turn to him in prayer. 
and that the Lord will bring a solution that only him can bring upon the world, upon this nation, upon the church, so that by his grace he can overcome the coronavirus pandemic. If you want to know someone in authority, it's just to know that you can never mistake it. I read a story of Nikita Khrushchev. He was a premier in the Soviet Union between the years 1953 to the years 1964. During his years as a prime minister of the Soviet Union, Nikita Khrushchev denounced many of the policies and atrocities of his predecessor, Joseph Stalin. Once as he reproached Stalin in a public meeting, Khrushchev was interrupted by a shout from a heckler in the audience. You were one of Stalin's colleagues. Why didn't you stop him, the heckler said. And then Khrushchev, in a deep voice, said, Who said that? He roared. An agonizing silence followed as nobody in the room dared move even a muscle. And listen to what Khrushchev said. Now you know why. And how I pray that as children of God, we will know who is in the authority. We will know who is sovereign. We will know who is the Almighty, and there is none other than God himself. He has authority over diseases. And so may the Lord help us to see that he has the authority, the authority over his church, the authority over his people, the authority over the world, the authority over creation, authority over everything, and that he is a sovereign God. And when we realize that, to turn back to him always, and just to say that, yes, Lord, you are the most high God. Allow me to quickly move to the third point, the acclamation of the king. And then I talk about the acclamation here. I'm primarily talking about the praise of the king. If you prefer the worship of the king. Verse 15 to 16, 17 says, But when the chief priest and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, and the children shouting in the temple called Hosanna to the king of David, they were indignant. Now, one of the things that I normally pray for for myself is that when there is a blessing that is going on somewhere, that I will be party of that blessing and that I will not be indignant. Because I see this symbolism, I see this teaching, I see from this verse that everything was clear. Jesus walked and they said he's a king and he's a messiah. I see that Jesus did miracles and that he had authority over life and over disease. But those that were supposed to be supporting him, who are the church, who are the leaders, they became pessimistic. And so the Bible says in verse 16, do you hear what these children are saying? They asked. Yes, they replied. Jesus, you never read from the lips of children and infants, you, Lord, have called forth your praise. And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany 
where he spent the night. Those that were church leaders, they did not grab, they did not seize the opportunity to praise Jesus. And I pray that as we are seated in our homes, I pray that as we are all over the world, because this pandemic has brought the world on its knees, and to realize that we are limited, we will worship God and God alone. So yes, worship of the king, praise of the king, worship and adoration of the king. When we see what he does, the automatically, uh, it, it automatically translates into the worship of God. And I pray that when we see God move, I pray that as we see him move us into victory, especially this week that I'm prophesying and I'm praying about, we will go back and just worship him. Genuine worship of him and him alone. The sincere will find it in their heart to worship him. The innocent will find it in their heart to worship him. And that's why this worship, we see it from the innocent, innocent, innocent children. In other words, when we look around, when we look at the creation of the world, we cannot avoid it but to say that there is a God who is in charge of all creation. A God who is all-powerful. A God who is sovereign. In fact, Paul writing to the Romans says this. In Romans chapter 1 verse 19, part B says, Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. I wonder if we are still having excuse. I wonder if someone out there is still having excuse. There is one thing that leads to another. The arrival of the king. We see then the authority of the king. And that authority and the supremacy of the king leads into the worship of the king from the lips of the children. Of course, he quotes from Psalms chapter 8. Lord our God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have ordained and you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. In other words, when they saw the children and those that had sincerity of heart, when they saw what God was doing, they erupted in just worshipping, saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. I want to pray as I bring this to a close. I want to pray and to trust God. I want to pray and to trust God that this week, that this Easter week will be like no other Easter week in the human history. I want to pray that you, you will experience the victory that comes with this season. Victory over disease. Victory over captivity. Victory over everything that perhaps has been able to subdue us as we look at the arrival of the king, as we see the authority of the king, and as we worship this king. I pray 
that the church will experience the victory that comes with this season. The victory over disease. The victory over captivity. I pray that the world will turn to Jesus and that the world will turn to God because he alone is the Alpha and the Omega and that he alone has a victory. I pray and so that you may experience by God's grace the arrival of the King in your life. And maybe you are there, you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior. I pray that you'll experience him and his arrival, especially even during this very difficult time. I pray that you will experience the authority of the king in your life and everything that concerns you. I pray that you will experience the authority of the king in the church. I pray that by the grace of God, we'll experience the acclamation of the king and that we will always be just worshipping the king. And so Lord, I want to trust you that this Easter week, prophetically and prayerfully, that something different is going to happen across the globe. That something miraculous is going to happen in our church and the church of Jesus Christ across the globe in this country and our own local church. How I pray that because you are an all-powerful God, we will experience your authority and your power in our different lives so that by your grace, Lord, we will be victorious. And so as we conclude, I pray that as you go into this week, go with the message of the arrival of the King, the authority of the King, and the acclamation of the worship of the King because he deserves all the glory and all the honor. Father, we bless you. Father, we honor you. You are the King of kings and you are the Lord of lords. Will you come through for the world in such a season? We thank you that this season marks your coming and that which you came to do for the world. But Lord, I also pray that this season will mark a refocus of human beings and, the, and, and, and mankind to look up to you and to say that it's not in our wisdom, but that, Lord, it's in your power, that we'll surrender all to you, we'll surrender our economies to you, we'll surrender science to you, we'll surrender lives to you, because you are an all-powerful God. And that, Lord, as we see you move, as we see you move, Lord, we will give you all the praise and we will worship you and you alone. For this we ask, trusting and believing in the name of God who is the Father and who is the Son and who is the Holy Spirit. And wherever you are in the comfort of your homes, you said, Amen. And here in church, the five or six of us who are here, we said, Amen. Come on, let's appreciate him, the King of Kings. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. May the Lord bless you. Please walk knowing that he has come. Walk knowing that he has all the power. Walk knowing that he alone deserves our worship and he alone deserves to be given all the glory in Jesus' name. Thank you. Amen. We are on uh, this coming uh, Sunday as usual, the Easter Sunday, when Jesus Christ 
will have resurrected. And so we want to have a more victorious Sunday on this coming Sunday so that the name of the Lord uh, be praised. So if you don't mind, just raise your hands as we pray a prayer of benediction. And so wherever you are, in your homes, across this Rongai town, across, I've seen people watching us from Nairobi, different parts of this country, different parts of this continent, different parts of the other continents, the ones that I've seen. I pray that the Lord bless you, that the Lord keep you, and that the Lord make his face to shine upon you, that the Lord be gracious to you. My prayer for you this season is that the Lord will protect you because he's an all-powerful God with your loved ones. That every single thing that you will do this week, that you will see the favor and the blessings of the Lord. That you will see the goodness of the Lord. And so may the Lord watch over you. And when we gather again together, we come together and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. For this is my prayer for you and over you. In the name of God, who is the Father, and who is the Son, and who is the Holy Spirit. And we all said, we all said, before we share in the words of the grace, please always remember to be on the right side of the law. The government is a God-ordained institution. They mean well for each and every one of us. So yes, this week we still have curfews. Please, 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. And the Lord will bless you. And so may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you for tuning in. The Lord bless you. See you next time. Amen.